Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars, and he calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power his understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth the rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry, he delighteth not in the strength of the horse, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, and those that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates, he hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon the earth, his Word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his eyes like morsels who can stand before his cold. He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth his winds to blow and the waters to flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation, and as far as his judgments they have not known him. Praise ye the Lord. It is appropriate to praise the Lord. And that's what I'll be preaching on tonight. It is appropriate. It's right. It's a good thing to praise God. I saw a clip recently of a Cincinnati Reds game that we went to. Elijah and Caleb were just little back in 2008. And the Reds were playing the Cleveland Indians. And Indians jumped out to a huge lead, and it was all but over, it seemed like. And then the last couple innings, the Reds started coming back. I think they were down seven. In the bottom of the ninth, with two outs and bases loaded, Adam Dunn hit a grand slam home run to walk off to win the game. And um, that was the loudest event I'd ever been to in my life. And as I watched that, I, I remembered it, and just the, the players were jumping around, and and the players looked like little kids running around. They were so happy and jumping up and down. And, and I th- we were probably there for 15 minutes after the game. And it just never got any um, quieter. People just kept screaming. Nobody wanted to leave. It was right before the 4th of July. So they had, that was the night they scheduled for fireworks. And, and it was uh, a lot of praise, a lot of celebration over that, that game. Well, for a ball game, you know, if you're going to go and you're going to cheer for your favorite team and they win, you know, it, it would be weird if you were there and that happened and you yawn and you start yelling at everybody to be quiet because it's too loud. Or you sat there and didn't get up and didn't clap or didn't cheer or anything. The Indians fans even got up. We, we had some Indians fans in front of us and they even got up and was clapping and turned around and smiled at us because they'd been giving us a hard time because they were winning so much. But 
even they smiled because they, they said, this is appropriate. That was a, an outstanding play. That was an outstanding <laughs> home run. Well, this psalm is telling us that it is appropriate. It is a good thing to praise the God, praise the Lord. Praise is not only something that we ought to do, it's, it makes sense to when you think about who our God is. So in this first verse, we find that it is a duty for us to praise God. The scripture tells us plainly to praise the Lord. You, ought, you praise the Lord. And so that is a declaration, hallelujah. But the Lord is also telling us this. You praise the Lord. And Psalm 47 recommends this duty to us, that it's not only something that we must do, it's something that we ought to do, it's something that's good to do, it's pleasant to do, and it's appropriate for all people to praise the Lord. So this is a song of praise that both tells us to praise and then gives us reasons that the Lord is worthy of our worship and our honor. If anyone is worthy to be commended, if anyone is worthy to be boasted upon and to lift, be lifted up and to be honored and glorified and worshipped, it is the Lord God Almighty. So the scripture here tells us it is the duty of men to praise God. And all throughout the scripture you'll find um, this, this command. This is something that they did in the Old Testament, we do now. It's something that we'll do in the future. In Revelation 19, and verse number 5, we find the, the Lord God tells us to worship him. Verse 4, it says, And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah." So that's what the psalmist started out saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. A voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and as a voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And so this voice that sounds like many waters, this loud and mighty voice all in unison, shouting, Praise the Lord, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Both small and great, whether they were small in power and significance or great and mighty in the world, um, whether they were big or small, it, it doesn't matter. All people, so small and great, that covers everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And here at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we find all the people of God glad and rejoicing and giving honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is the duty of man to praise Praise the Lord. It's something that the Lord commands. But do you think this was something that was grievous to the, the people there or will be grievous to the people whenever God uh, from his throne tells his saints to praise him? Well, no, because it says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. This is a time of happiness and a time of joy. And so this duty and carrying out this duty of praise is a a way in which the people express their joy, express their gladness. 
It's something the Lord commands, but this command is something that is for our good and comes from a heart of gratitude. So, in our text it says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. Now, it's good to praise God, and you can praise God in many different ways. The scripture has people praising God by just talking about the Lord, praising God by teaching about the Lord or prophesying and saying these truths. But here, in this specific psalm, the praise is directed towards singing praises unto God. So it's good to praise the Lord Jehovah. It's good in and of itself. It's a pure and holy thing to do. But it's good to sing praises to God. It's a good thing for us to lift up our voices and offer the sacrifice of praise um, and give glory that is due our Savior. So God commands it, and that means it's a pure and holy thing in and of itself. And so if we could stop there and say that's the only reason that we need to sing praises to God, because God's, God told us to, and then he says it's good to sing praises to God. It's a moral thing. It's a morally good thing to sing praises. And so as we consider all the things that we could do, all the things that we could have done tonight before we started our service, we sang songs. Why do we sing songs in church? Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but it's because the scripture tells us to. But it's a good thing to do. We took a versification of Psalm 147. So we took the, the scriptural truth, lyricized and put to song, and we lifted up our voices together and we sang praises unto God. We sang this psalm tonight um, before the sermon, and, and of all the things we could have been doing tonight, this was, this was a good moral thing. It was an act of sacri the sacrifice of praise. It was a morally good thing to do unto our God. Our God was pleased with that as we sing praises to him. So as we think about this, that's a good thing to do. And so when we come to the house of God, you can think, well, I get to sing praises to God tonight. I'm going to be doing something that God said is a morally pure and holy and righteous <laughs> thing to do. It's something that God told me to do. I'm going to be doing an act of good. And so as members of the church, when you come, you're not um, passive in the, in the worship of God, but you're active and you're doing a morally good thing, an upstanding, right, and holy thing as you sing praises to God. It's good because God told us to. It's good in and of itself. It's good for us because it blesses the soul. Um, there's one example in Acts where we find, in Acts 16, we find God's people singing in hard times. At Acts 16, uh, 25. So Paul and Silas have been beaten and jailed for obedience to the gospel. They were accused as troublemakers and beaten and laid in stripes. And there they are in prison. Their feet fast in the stocks their backs bleeding from the, the whipping that they took. And there, in this innermost prison, in the darkness of midnight, Paul and Silas prayed 
and sang praises unto God. It was good for them not to murmur and complain. That, was not, that would not be good for their souls in prison. It would not have been good for their mindset. It would not have been good for their, their hearts to complain and to be sad and to be downcast. But what was good for their souls was to take their, their trials and their troubles to God in prayer and then sing praises unto God, to worship God, to honor and commend the goodness of God. And so this is a good example of how we can direct our hearts and not let our hearts be overwhelmed and not, and not let our hearts be overcome with sadness, but, but to say to ourselves, we're in a bad situation. I don't want to be beaten. I don't want to be sitting in prison. I don't want to be, uh, have my feet locked up. But they prayed to God, and then they sang praises to Him. That they were instructing one another. They were helping one another keep their spirits looking up to God. So it is a good thing for us to sing praises. To sing praises together. I wonder how long you and I could last in a prison singing praises unto God. Not not meaning how long you could last before your voice gave out, but how many songs could we sing? How many do we have memorized? How many could we sing to one another? Well, I'm sure lots of songs that don't mean anything could pop into our head. But Paul and Silas must have had a habit of singing praises unto God. They must have had a storehouse in their hearts and their minds that they had done that before. Where in in the pain and the sorrow of this prison cell, they could bring from the storehouse of their memory these hymns and praises. So they must have known them, right? They must have had them memorized. They must have drawn from their strength before. So it might be a good idea for us to to have those in our hearts if we don't already, to memorize them. And how would you do that without just be be by singing them all the time? Well, it's good. It's good for us in trials to sing. It's also good for us to sing in good times. So just like it was good for the small and the great and everybody in between to praise God, it's good for us to sing in the sad times in James chapter uh, number 5 and verse 13 tells us it's good to sing in the good times. So that is appropriate for us. It's appropriate to sing in heartache and trials. It's appropriate for us to sing praises when things are going well. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. And so James tells us that's appropriate. If If you're rejoicing, if God has blessed you, we'll sing songs, sing praises unto the Lord. It's a good thing for us to praise. It's good for us to praise in all kinds of situations. It's good for our minds because we're taught about God and we learn about God through singing. I learned about the Trinity. I'm sure I heard it before, but... It was 
through the hymn, Holy, 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 that I learned about the Trinity. We had sang it several times at church when I was a child, and it, the, the lyrics had stuck in my mind, and I just thought about that. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And I thought about that and, and, and meditated on what that meant. Well, it was through the singing of songs. So imagine that, that it was through the church singing a hymn that I learned what the Trinity was and, and that basic sort of definition that you find in that hymn, certainly not a robust Trinitarianism, but, but God in three persons, blessed Trinity. I, I, I knew that not from the preacher's sermon, but from the congregation singing. I wasn't a Christian. I, I just, we just started going to church, but I learned that truth by the congregation singing. And so that is a blessed thing. Uh, Hebrews 2.12 says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church while I sing praise unto thee. We're in the midst of the con congregation. So as we gather in this congregation, I know it wasn't talking about that, but as we gather in this congregation, we can lift up the name of God in song. He is the object of our worship. We might sing songs about the Christian life, those spiritual songs like Maybe what a friend we have in Jesus or something along those lines that, that talk about the Christian life. Sweet hour of prayer and that sort of thing. But ultimately, in all these things, God is the object of our, of our songs because we learn about God through good scriptural songs. So, of course, when we sing from the Psalter, we're singing God's word. When we, we sing scriptural hymns, we're singing um, doctrine that has been put to a poetic form, and we can learn about God through what we sing. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, we have these instructions that we're not to be drunk with wine and controlled with wine, but we're to be filled with the Spirit and controlled by the Spirit. Well, how... What does that look like? Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we, we take the words of the songs we sing and we speak to each other. We speak to ourselves as we sing together that I sing out and I hear myself sing but I hear you sing and we sing together we hear the words of the songs. We hear the words of the hymns. We hear the words of the spiritual songs. And we make melody in our hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we speak to one another, we're instructed. The Spirit of God lifts us up, teaches us truth, um, solidifies truth, grounds that truth in your heart and your mind. And so it gives us courage, it gives us faith, it gives us strength, it gives us grace, it lifts us up when we're down, it can uh, give words to the praise that we're feeling while we're being blessed. The parallel song, verse to that is in Colossians 3.16 where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, 
and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And so, not only do we teach, but we admonish. So, there are certain hymns that we sing, certain psalms that admonish us, that give us, um, that, that cause us to stir up our hearts so we can press on to the work. So it's good to sing songs. It, it's our duty to, to praise God, but it's good for our souls. It's good for our hearts. It's good for our minds to sing songs. So as we continue thinking about this, we find that it's a duty to praise. It's good to praise. It's also pleasant to praise God. Um, Praise you, the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is coming. So it's a pleasant thing to sing praises to God. I love listening to music. I, I love hearing live music. That's, that's always has been one of my favorite pastimes, either listening to a few people pick guitars or listen to a big uh, orchestral work. I've always have loved listening to live music because it's pleasing, it's pleasant to do so. We went and listened to uh, Handel's Messiah in Charleston. It's been two years now, I think. And it was wonderful to hear the scripture set to beautiful music. So what they did is just they, they, Handel took scriptural or scriptures from the King James Bible and set it to music. And so for two hours or however long it was, they were just singing scripture. That's all that all it was. And the hallelujah Lord God omnipotent reigneth that I read from Revelation. Well, I, you know, that's the famous one everybody knows. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and so forth. It was wonderful to hear scripture set to music, and this beautiful music sung by talented people. And it was in every way agreeable and pleasing to the ear, pleasing to the mind, and pleasing to the soul. To hear pleasant music sang the glory of God. So it's pleasant. It's an agreeable thing to praise God. It's pleasing to all the senses to hear um, hear good music with good lyrics praising our good God. Even instrumental music is pleasing to the body and the soul. You know from 1 Samuel 16 that uh, when David was all, or Saul was all tore up, he would call for David to play the music, and that music was pleasing, it was soothing to him. And so, just from a temporal standpoint, music has a power to, to help people to calm down, or to, to, to have a little bit of, uh, not spiritual peace, but just peace within their heart, to, to, to it affects the emotions. And you know that it affects the emotions. Um, whenever I played football, uh, I loved to hear the, the band outside right before we came out start playing the drums. And you hear that. And, and why do they do that for college football games? Well, that gets everybody all excited. And they start playing those drums. And, 
and the players start getting excited and the drums gets faster and louder and people start getting more and more excited and then they play the fight song and the football players run out and everybody stands up and everybody cheers and praises. Well, that music has had an effect on people, hasn't it? It makes people, it makes people get happy and excited. And maybe when WVU wins and everybody sings Country Roads and after the game, then, then maybe people get happier. That brings emotions to people and they, they think about other things. It affects us. David's music playing, it affected Saul. But in this regard, God says, what if, what if you took music that glorified his name, the God that we love, and set it to music that has the power to, to move us emotionally? Well, that's a pleasant thing, isn't it? To hear beautiful tunes set, or, or beautiful lyrics that lift up our God set to music that is also pleasing to us or music that can get us excited or music can get us happy or music that can take the sorrow of our heart and turn it towards God. It is pleasant. It's a pleasant thing. It's a pleasing thing to mind, body, and soul to praise the Lord in song. And this is a tool, this is a, a, a means of God's grace that we most certainly ought to take advantage of. I think you and I, of, of all people, of all times, are most blessed by music. We're, we actually are, have a, a spoil of riches. Because if you have a, a smartphone, you can have access to probably practically every song that's been written in the last five or six hundred years. Because if, if there's a song that's been played, somebody's put it on YouTube and they've played it. Now, some of them might not be very good, might be bad versions of it, not very talented, but you can find it somewhere. And you have streaming services or, and all sorts of things where you can find just about any song that you want to hear, all at your fingertips. In Solomon's day, he could do that, but he had to hire singers and he had to invent instruments. Solomon and David both had to invent instruments. They wanted to have a, a sound, and none of the in instruments in the world made that sound that they wanted to hear. So no, that's not quite what I want to hear. So they went and invented the instrument to get that sound. Well, you and I have, have at the tips of our fingers music that we can listen to. What a blessing. What a, what a, a wonderful way that we can praise God. We have, a, we have uh, so many songs, hymns, spiritual songs here at our fingers that, that it, we can't sing them all in our regular church services throughout a year. What a blessing it is that we have in the past so many good and godly, talented hymn writers that have, that have written songs for us to sing. So music is a blessed thing. Music is a foretaste of glory. Ezekiel prophesied about the temple and uh, in the future temple. And there was one of the chambers in the inner court in Ezekiel 40, 44, that was a chamber of singers. So, you know, there's one whole section there in the temple that was just for the singers to sing praises to God. If we go back to the book of Revelation, we find singing is a big part 
of what we find here. Now, we don't know a whole lot about um, the things of glory. Compared to the other things that we do know, but what, one thing we do know is we're going to be singing Revelations five, Revelation of Jesus Christ uh, 5, verse number 8. And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. So they keep on singing. So here the elders, which I think represent um, the churches, they worshipped God by singing a new song. That's something good to think about. It would be good to sing songs in heaven, but won't it be good to sing new songs, perfect songs, heavenly songs all throughout eternity, learning and writing and singing Songs to the glory of God. Over in chapter 14, verse number 2. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne. And before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. That'd be an interesting song to hear, wouldn't it? But God is worshipped and praised uh, with song in heaven. So it was appropriate before the throne to sing praises to God. And, and one more in chapter 15. Verse number two. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. So we have them singing a new song. Here we have them singing an old song, a song of Moses. And so what would be appropriate action in heaven? Sometimes people say, what do we do in heaven? Well, it's appropriate to sing to God in heaven. It would be appropriate. There would be nothing wrong with singing in heaven. And so if it's not wrong to sing in heaven, and if heaven is a place of perfection and beauty and glory, then certainly nothing wrong with singing here upon the earth. That's a foretaste of what we have and what we have coming. So you have people here with the harps of God, musical instruments, playing, singing songs. Well, if that's a good thing in heaven, certainly a good thing on the earth. So we are most blessed uh, to be able to sing praises to God. We're blessed because we have lots of talented musicians to help us sing praises and worship God. Uh, so that's just a foretaste of of this of eternity, and the foretaste of of a little bit of heaven on earth, I guess we could say. Music is a wonderful gift. It's a most blessed use of gifts to sing songs and to play music to glorify God. It's agreeable 
It's pleasing to the ear, to the mind, to the heart, to the soul. It's combining both music and words so we can hear and understand and think about it. But it's also pleasant, pleasing the Lord is pleasant with the fellow saints. Looking back um, at different Bible conferences or meetings I've gone to, um, some of my favorite memories of those events was after the preaching where people would just start singing songs together. And so people get out their instruments and they'd play together and, and sing songs together. and um, It was a time of, of blessedness. Time of joy. We were in uh, Gladwin, Michigan one time and uh, several of us were out playing um, music out in the parking lot um, and people started coming out and we were, we were singing hymns and, and having a good old time. My brother was playing the banjo and we were outside the, the rooms where we were staying and um, Joe Wilson walked out there and he's in his sleeping clothes and told us 11 o'clock at night was no time for a hillbilly jamboree. <laughs> Don't quit playing music. <laughs> But it was pleasant to us. It wasn't pleasant to him, I guess, at 11 o'clock at night. But we, we were, it was joyful to sing praises to God. We could have been a lot, doing a lot of things at 11 o'clock at night. But singing praises was a good thing. And um, so that, that's a way that we can just enjoy some of this life under the sun filled with hardship and sorrow is singing praises. It's enjoyable. It's a pure and it's a holy activity. Um, it's good for us and good for one another. Uh, Hezekiah, when he restored the temple, he called people together and he had instruments playing and songs singing in 2 Chronicles 29. Uh, you can, we can, well, let's look at that one. He, he, he called people together. So what would be appropriate for the rededication of the worship of God? So you're going to get back into worshiping God, get back into doing what was right, cleansing the temple, sacrificing, getting things back in order, um, the things that had slipped and fallen away. Well, the Levites stood in 2 Chronicles 29, 26. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshiped. And the singers sang, and the trumpet, trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. That seems appropriate, doesn't it? They're, 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 the temple has been cleansed and sanctified. Sacrifices are made. And then now the instruments start playing. Those trumpets start sounding. The, the, the stringed instruments start playing. The singers start singing, and it goes. And the, the, the congregation, when they heard that, they worshiped. They began to worship. And, and all together, their hearts were knitted together around this one common means of sacrifice. As they're all, their hearts were expressing, or the, the music was expressing the outpouring of their hearts. That's appropriate, isn't it? It's an appropriate action to do. And so that's what that meant in Psalm 47.1. Praise is comely. It's fitting. It's appropriate. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's the right action to, to have. It's the right reaction to have to sing praises to God. 
Psalm 47 provides many reasons to praise God. And I'm not going to go through all these, but, but the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He establishes his nation. He calls, he staves. It says he gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He restores the outcasts. The promised people of the covenant. And if this was written in Nehemiah's time or Asher, you think of they were scattered abroad and God restores the people back um, after uh, the 70 years. He gathers together the outcasts. He keeps his promise. He keeps his promises to bless all the people through King, uh, the King of Israel, the Lord Jesus. Verse three it says, "He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wound." That's an appropriate reason to praise, isn't it? The Lord doesn't cast out the brokenhearted. He doesn't forsake those who are wounded, but he, and he also doesn't break the bruised reed. He doesn't put out the smoking flax. But he's the healer of the broken by sin. He's the one that lifts up those who are lost and in the helpless condition of sin. He heals the deadly wounds of depravity and gives healing and everlasting life. Verse 4, he telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them by names. What's that mean? Well, he's the creator. He knows, not only does he know how many stars there are, but he knows each one because he made them all and sustains them all, and he calls them all by their names. I don't know if they still do this, but I remember used to see it on TV where you could give the gifts to somebody. You could buy a star and, and give them. You can name a star and give it to somebody. And I always wish I had thought about that idea because, <laughs> you know, what are you doing if you name a star? For a small fee, I can give you a sheet of paper and tell you you named any star you wanted to. So I don't know how that works, but the Lord knows every star and he knows his name because he created such. It's, it's talking about his great power. Verse 5, he is of great power and his understanding is infinite. Scan down through the psalm and see what the Lord does, how great he is. Look there in verse 9, he giveth. Verse 15, he sendeth. Verse 16, he giveth. He scattereth. Verse 17, he casteth forth. Verse 18, he sendeth out his word. Verse 19, he showeth his word. So all these things are the things that God is doing. And things that God has ordained. So his power and his understanding is without bounds, without limits. Well, that's a good reason to praise God, isn't it? It's appropriate to praise God for his power, his wisdom, his mercy, his grace. The Lord lifteth up the meek and he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Those who submit to the Lord, his ways and his wisdom, who under the guidance and the control of the Spirit of God, reign in their emotions and meekness and live under God's lordship, will be lifted up by God. The meek shall inherit the earth. Now the wicked who live by their ways and do what they think is right and, and fight and plead and, and, and all these things, they will be cast to the ground, but the Lord lifts up the meek. He will lift up the meek shall inherit the earth. So then he says, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise upon the harp to our God. It's appropriate to sing praises to God. And you go on to, through creation and sustaining in verse 8 and 9. He takes care, he creates, he takes care of the earth, he takes care of the animals, 
Verse 10, he delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. What does the Lord take pleasure in? Not what man can do. I mean, he created man. And that's good if God gave you strength, we'll use your strength for his glory. But that's not what pleases the Lord. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. The Lord takes pleasure in those that fear God and thus follow God and listen to him and humble themselves before him. That's what pleases the Lord and those that hope in his mercy. The Lord treats us better than we deserve. What we deserve is eternal death. But God, who is rich in mercy, sent his only begotten Son, that all who come to him and rest in Christ will have everlasting life. Jesus lived for us. He died for us. And the guilty sinner can be forgiven and the vilest sinner can be made clean. The sinful wretch can be justified. The broken sinner can be glorified. Oh, it is indeed fitting and appropriate for a sinner to praise God. And when we come and have hope in His mercy, wicked, defiled, sinful as we are, and receive that eternal life and forgiveness of sin, it is appropriate to sing praises to God, to to shout out hallelujah, praise God that He saved a sinner like me. Praise ye the Lord, it says in verse 20. That's a command. It starts with that command, praise ye the Lord. It ends with it, praise ye the Lord. And praising God has benefits. It's the law. If God tells you to do something, that's a law. Even though it's good, even though it's good for us, even though it's pleasant, even though that we get benefits from it, even though it's appropriate, it's still a law. And so you won't find salvation by keeping it. And you won't gain acceptance by doing it. So even though it's good, there's no good news in that, in that if you do this, then God will save you. The good news is that there is forgiveness of sins and eternal life in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That we're saved by grace and not by the works of the law. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that we're not saved by our works. Praise the Lord that we're not saved by having to sing in tune. Praise the Lord we're not saved by never hitting a wrong note. Praise the Lord we're not saved by singing and our minds wandering in halfway through the third verse. Praise the Lord that we're not saved by doing these things. Praise the Lord we're saved by God's grace and by His mercy that He shows towards us sinners who try as feebly as we do to lift up our voices in song and honor and magnify the Lord to one another. And that the God of the universe would take pleasure in someone like me trying to praise God with 
with the, the slender means that I have and for him to take pleasure in us hoping in his mercy is fitting for someone like me to praise the Lord. So yes, it's, it's a, a duty to praise God. But when you've received as much as we have from the Lord, well, it's not much, it doesn't seem like it's a duty. It's just the outpouring of a grateful heart to say, hallelujah, what a Savior. Praise the Lord. Well, may God help us to love, to praise the Lord.